0: Oh, recorded play. live of getting back to the finals because of it um, I just don't I didn't see either of these things and you know we'll find out I don't know that Boston can beat Cleveland
1: and Cleveland but we'll see all right let me get to the smaller points and we'll start with the small point and then the large small point uh, Brooks hardly played his bench at all at all he went yeah. to a seven-man rotation and in those seven men, he didn't play uh, Mahimany very much. He didn't play by in 15 minutes or something like that. Ubre he, he, didn't even get in the game for five seconds or something. Uh, he really relied on his starters. I'm assuming it's because it's a game seven and to get to Cleveland would be a great feat on his part. But he played three of the starters well over 40 minutes. What were your thoughts on that? Look, he, he obviously didn't trust Jennings out there, and Jennings didn't play very well, to be honest, in the, in the playoffs. So
2: I don't blame him for that. involved in what we're kind of doing here. Right? That's yeah, we're kind of the plan, right? No, absolutely. Uh, the entire point of this show is to get everybody online involved and to provide an option for everybody to enjoy their
3: Hey, man, sorry.
1: <laughs> I'm sure we're hey, man, sorry about that. Essentially, at some point, the parade, of course, now,
0: uh, or just give it to and turn up like a bad penny all the time, whether it's Aaron in Largo oh, yeah. or all the others that we hope to involve in this show at some point. So that's kind of the essence of Reflog, but I think a lot of people probably know that. One thing I was thinking no, about, Matt, it. as you were going through your stuff, I had forgotten and I don't know. How I forgot this about how invested you are in UD right now. They're oh, going yes. through some major renovations that they just announced today. I've seen the video to kind of see the overview of it. Uh, my brother, uh, for those of you handle, I believe on Twitter is Woody Wookie or something along. He went to UD, so he proudly showed this off to me today in the office. But uh, I wanted to get your thoughts, Matt. What do you think? It looks pretty cool. Uh, unfortunately for me and our business, they didn't have a lot of metal rail that's going to be going in there. <laughs> a whole lot there, But uh, what were you <laughs> up from what
4: you saw? Yeah. You know, I've, I've I'm very excited about it. I,
2: I, I saw some rumblings of this over time uh, through my hashtag sources. Uh, but, I, I mean, mean, overall, we'll look for the, the, sources? the <laughs> sources. Did you just
0: go to <laughs> the hashtag <laughs> sources? Yes, sir. I, I think we need to ban that from the show. It really, <laughs> We cannot have any sources. No one here has any sources.
4: I don't have any sources. You
3: don't
1: have any sources. I really don't have any sources.
4: Me... What's going on, man? Sorry about
1: that, man. It's all good. I got sources.
4: <laughs> no, I was listening. That's a reflog. That's McNeil's new podcast. Oh, nice. It just popped up, so.
1: Didn't sound great as far as the quality audio quality.
4: It's actually, all right. I think it might just because I'm playing it's coming off of my phone, like it might be secondhand. So, gotcha. Yeah,
1: sorry, my meetings went late today, and I'm just walking in the door.
4: That's all good. I was only going to be pissed if we didn't record because I was supposed to go watch a uh, basketball game out in Akron. So, but oh, you know okay. what I'm saying I canceled it. <laughs> <laughs> so, if we didn't get a recording, then I was going to be unhappy. But since we're getting it all done, right. it doesn't matter. You know
1: so I, I haven't had a lot of time to prep. I was looking over the list, and there's a couple of things on here you'll need to catch me up on. What's up? Um, let me find it. Uh, Ohio kid gets a chance at Najee Murray.
4: Yeah, we we can skip over that. They just they just signed some undrafted rookies. I was just gonna mention that, but I want to keep the show tight, so that's not a big deal. I mean, he oh, went to um, he's from Steubenville, and he went to uh, Kent State. So that's all it was. I mean, it literally. Was, I mean, that's as far as I was gonna talk about it. I don't really know. Okay. For some reason, I thought he had an Ohio State connection at some point. Maybe they recruited him or something. I just know the name. Uh, but yeah, don't worry about that. Okay, cool. Dirty uh, player and Cavs. Draymond
1: Green Commons, Dirty player in Cavs competition was that?
4: Well, that was two weeks ago. Remember when the Cavs wrapped up their series? He was talking about Olympic. Saying Olenek was a dirty player on his uninterrupted podcast. Richard Jefferson responded back. What a funny quote! Um, but then he was saying that the Cavs competition—they basically haven't paid anybody. Then he walked back to comments. It's just a bigger part of Jerry Mine Green running his mouth is what I want to get to. Um, okay. When that when that comes up, you know, what I'm saying like this guy still hasn't learned anything from the last three years, and why Golden State lets this guy be the mouthpiece for them is just beyond me. Um, yeah you know I'm saying that's just the thing it doesn't i mean that that that's that point right there in a nutshell, too. It just doesn't make any sense to me, you know what I' saying that's all I was gonna say, like right, um, and I, I mean, think it just plays in now segment. with the same thing with um Jajapachouli just you know is there dirty play going on in the n b a type of thing real quick, you know that we
1: need to have a very Curry segment on that. this don't make no sense,
4: <laughs> yeah no. yeah that that, that would be yeah. A lot of things just don't, I mean, I just, it just doesn't, I'll tell you, I got another one. Um, I really don't want to get into it, but I was going to throw something in about this draft lottery. Who cares? But I don't understand how this Markel Fultz guy on a losing program that couldn't even go 500 at Washington. I watched this guy play 10 times is the number one overall pick in the draft. I mean, this is the worst scouting that I've seen since Anthony Bennett. So, you know what I'm saying? That doesn't make any sense to me. When you got Lonzo Ball, Josh Jackson, I mean, you got proven guys that proved it in the tournament. You know what I mean? Like, 10 deep almost before this guy. But, you know, I was I was talking to somebody on Twitter today about it. They're like, yeah, well, he's going to be good in five years. Five years? In LA. <laughs> I don't know. So. Well, it reminds me of
1: Ben Simmons, another guy that played on a team that couldn't get And, the the, and that And that's
4: difference. the point I was going to as well. Exactly. These yeah. guys can't win in college. How can they win at the next level? Um And it's one thing, you know, to have just like an explosive ability or something that just – one thing that you're really, really good at. These players are going to be stuck. It's a longer – I don't even know if I want to get into that either because it's a longer conversation, but they're basically going to be stuck in the realms of a DeMar DeRozan or, you know, uh, uh, Kyle Lowry's where you need them to take another level, but maybe that's their ceiling. And you're telling me this guy's the number one overall draft pick? Not in this season. Yeah, so – and I just think the draft class is stronger than that. That's one thing to me, so – but I'll keep it short. It's not a big deal, but that's all that is I'm about. I've got to keep it short on Ohio State basketball. I'm not happy. You know that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm, but I'm, not sure going, not. I'm not going to tap into all that. So, you know <laughs> I am not happy. You know i so <laughs> um, And I do have one pushback on your – I know you're going to go to the we're a football school thing. My thing is, you know, it should be a Ohio State – basketball school why can't we just put out good basketball players from the state of ohio how hard is that that doesn't require moving heaven and earth just recruit good players from here if you get one or two of those guys to the nba then it's a successful thing but also they get a quality education at the ohio state university this program can't even do that right now man
1: well, and I think the other thing, too, is they're underutilizing what LeBron James can bring to this
4: program. Well, there's another there's another person that is bigger than – well, he could have a bigger impact than LeBron James if he really wanted to. Um, that Here's is that. actually tied into the program. Well, we'll get to that when I get there because that's what program. Right, all, right, all right, all right, all right. I'll set you up with my LeBron James comment. <laughs> but it goes, to, it goes to that. i got to give Rodney the credit on that one, too, because we were discussing it, so I will say that. How the hell's
1: Rodney? Where's he at? Is he still in Texas?
4: Yeah, he's back and forth. I think he's in Columbus right now. Actually, I know oh, really? he's in Columbus right. Yeah, I know he's in Columbus right now. Yeah. Nice. I've seen that kid forever. Yeah. Ain't nothing changed for that guy. You know? <laughs> I was all over this guy about Harden. So you know saying I wanna um, I want to talk to Cavs first. We'll get into that Indian stuff. Um, of course, um, you know, the excitement about Bradley Zimmer. Um, but want to keep it to a tight. Twenty-five, thirty minutes. I don't got a lot to say. I'm just gonna get one quick point on all these things, man. Yeah, you know, let me see. So, I will. Cool. Um, I'll keep it trying to be brief. You know what I'm saying? Long as yeah. you don't get me all going. You know what I'm saying? What's I'll try not to. I'll try to keep myself contained as well. <laughs> so, <laughs> I just wanted to get us something for the calves. You know what I mean? That's the big thing. So, and it was kind of sure. waiting until they had an opponent. So, because um, I'm gonna right. build it. The old wounds is about this. Kelly Olynyk guy, and it, it gets no better because that's why I wanted to talk about this guy actually performing well. But uh, man, I'm so excited <laughs> for this! I can't believe these Celtics fans are really trying to pump their chests up. This is going to be, man, this is going to be some of the best get back in our sports fandom history. <laughs> so, uh, the number one seed, they're, they're yeah. the best team in the East, right? Hey man, uh, it's, it's <laughs> listen, man, it's going to be some Celtics tears. That's my quote. You know what I'm saying? Celtics tears. That's all I. <laughs>
1: It was so funny when they were. I just was, was literally just in the background listening to the basketball game, and they said, "Game one in uh, Wednesday in Boston." And I was, had to do a double take.
4: I was like, <laughs> "Really?
1: <laughs> I forgot that we had lost the the home field or home uh, court."
4: Yeah, no, but I think that's even better because I think oh, that I think gets this good. guy. This guy, LeBron James, had the St. Vincent St. Mary T-shirt on at the uh, at the uh, presser today. You yeah, know, saying that the media availability and uh, people were going nuts about that. You know what I mean? I mean that was the one with the shamrock. No, the, yeah, well, it's, it's basically the knockoff the... of, uh, yeah, you know what it is—the Fighting Irish yeah. logo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs>
4: that's funny. Uh,
3: give me one second. No, he takes time. Uh, that's crazy. He's still there? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, the funny thing about this riding guy, he's the hugest Houston Rockets
4: fan now. That's why I went a little harder on that social media when those guys went down after that. (laughs) Whatever the fuck that was by Harden. You know what I'm saying? Oh, man, this Levi Schifflet guy, uh, something happened with the audio on the back end of that. Um, but nevertheless, this that guy, sucks. he had a gallbladder issue. Um, he said he's been having it on and off in his, in, his, in his life, you know what I'm saying, I mean, over the last eight years, so he had to retire from fighting. Oh, no, did he fight the
1: fight that he was going to?
4: Nope. At Hollywood? No, no. No?
1: He did not. Wow. He did not, so he had to pull out. that's That sucks. Fighting.
3: Damn. When are we getting the Champ on?
4: Champ might be out, too, man. He's got a possible back injury. So Cody? Yeah. Wow. It was rumored, and now they're waiting. Cause they're talking about uh, Demetrius Johnson taking that slide at 213.
1: Back injuries for fighters are no good.
4: Yeah, especially for that guy.
1: Yeah. So think like about it, the way they can tort
4: themselves and shit like that. Yeah, but, like, being a smaller fighter, it's, it's like, yeah. everything to your movement. Like, some of the bigger guys can get away with it, like the heavyweights, because they they don't have to – I mean, you just got to bang. You know what I mean? That's the whole thing, so.
1: Right. But you're in there trying to
4: contort yourself out of chokeholds. Yeah, his speed Mm -hmm. speed is a big thing, you know, like uh, because that goes off all your coordination stuff. But I don't even know the details. Like, it just came out, and then, like, it was, like, two days before uh, Stipe's fight, and then, like, it's been real quiet on that whole front. So I don't know what's going on. Um, CM Punk update? When's he coming back to wrestling? I have no idea. I know that guy <laughs> <laughs> I know that guy shouldn't be an octagon any time too. I really honestly man, it's not even about the way he fought and whatnot. I don't think that guy was healthy for that fight. I honestly don't think he was healthy. Um I talked to a couple of different people about it. I watched that um UFC road to the octagon the kinda of behind the scenes. I seen this guy like favoring his shoulder a lot. Even he, like he Yeah, he, he was rubbing his shoulder. They were in a they were a, he was in a comic book store with a fan. And uh, he was talking about comic books and stuff like that. But this guy was, like, just constantly rubbing his shoulder. Like, you know what I mean? Like, rubbing his shoulder after practices and stuff like that. I don't think that guy is, like, 100%. I think that, that his wrestling career took a toll on him that he can never even get – you know what I mean? Like, he can never oh, be healthy again. You see what I'm saying? So, like, I think that was – I think that hurts him a lot, um, being able to, you know, even, you know, show better than what he did. That was a bad matchup, too, though, for him, so –
1: Yeah, I, I agree with all that. I think wrestling does take a lot out of these guys.
3: Yeah, Kip. Thank God he's starting to hit.
4: Oh, it's been great. It's been great. Um, we could just get Edwin to hit a little bit. I mean, that's becoming a situation. Yeah,
2: uh, it's, it's still early. It's still
4: early enough. It's early but it's becoming a situation just because yeah. he's 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 um uh uh I don't say physically, visually frustrated. That's why it's becoming a situation. It's not like I'm saying the guy needs to do anything, but he's more frustrated I think than fans are. As long as the Indians are winning, we don't care. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you you All find right. it when you find it and it'll be a welcomed, you know. The office right. will be definitely welcomed when it gets there, but this dude—he's making it. He's almost like you know, um, compounding the problem, compounding yeah, the, oh for sure, compounding the slump. You know what I mean? For sure, so, he's uh, he's in his own head. He
1: wants yeah. to be—he wants to hit every ball out of the ballpark, justify the millions of dollars to his new teammates, all that shit. He just needs to go with the pitch and slap a couple to the opposite field and get back in it.
4: Yeah, go with the pitcher. Just hit, man. Just hit. Just flat out hit. Like try to yeah. try to like make. Try to like take something away from that pitcher for that lineup. You know what I'm saying? That day, like that would be my thing. Like I don't know. Yeah. You know I'm, I'm not acting like I'm hardcore baseball dude, but I just you know you watch the game sometimes. You know, like you got that big slugger in that lineup. That dude's either going to work that pitcher. You know what I'm saying for a longer count. Or they're going to literally just try to overpower them. Choose one thing. You know what I mean? Every time I see him up yeah. at bat, it's something different with him. Like, the guy's either swinging early, he's chasing pitches. Like, it's just, he looks uncomfortable. Uncomfortable. And then he's visually frustrated um, because he's getting caught looking at pitches. Like, and then he mm-hmm. gets mad at the umpires, which these umpires, that's a whole other story. But, you know what I'm saying? I'm not going to get into that. But, um, because he had a real bad call on Sunday. Um, Oh, C.B. Bunker. is the worst umpire in Major League Baseball. So it's not even – it's just the – you know, it's the inconsistency, man. But he had a – I mean, it was a real bad outside. I mean, this thing was so far outside, they called a strike three on him. Um, I mean, so – but I I, I think the frustration of wanting to – like somebody needs to tell that guy, and, you know, Tito's the person to do it. Nobody's asking you to be the man. You know, put the parrot, you know, shit away and just fucking play some baseball and have fun, you know, so – Right. Yeah. And it's even harder for power hitters
1: because they feel like they got to hit home runs. And that's not how you get out of a slump, is trying to hit home runs. He's swinging
4: for seven run home runs at a time. It just doesn't work. And my thing is be a good teammate. Like, you've got to keep the other guys pumped up because other people are coming out of slumps. So your time is coming. You know what I mean? That's why I say, like, the visually frustration, you know, that shit carries over to the next guy walking up because you leave that bad juju up there. You know what I mean? That bad energy. You know what I mean? So, like, um, but thank God, like, you know, uh, I mean, we, we, we when you're ready, we can get into it. But Lonnie Chisholm Hall, and thank God the animal is starting to hit. You know what I mean? So there's guys lifting, you know, lifting up the squad right now that you didn't expect. So, yep. You know. I mean I think the animals, what triple quadrupled his production with for the whole season within like the last week and a half. Like so. <laughs> Damn, near, not, damn near damn near this season and last season, buddy. That's what
1: I was just about
4: to say. <laughs> so the last two seasons he's quadrupled. Uh, All right. I did hear something cool. This is on another note though. Uh I was listening to a podcast. I've been, you know, breaking down these NBA teams, but um I think the Raptors are going to go fire Dwayne Casey, but one of the names I heard is they might go after Becky Hammond. That would be interesting. I, I think that would shake up the East cuz I think she's actually a good basketball coach, but you know, I, I don't do know too. if she could I don't know if she'd get those knuckleheads in. If she could, that, that would be scary up there. You know what I'm saying? So uh,
1: The pro- problem she's going to have is when things don't go well, you know, when things go going really bad all these guys in the locker room are going to you know they're just
4: going to think in their head i mean we got a woman coach yeah but i think i i think that see the thing is like with basketball you got to you got to get the wins like in small situations and build it up over time like i think that's what Tyron Lou was able to do last season um i know it was easier going to a finals but i think she can i think she can make adjustments that Dwayne Casey couldn't make and that'll be the difference for them up there. You know what I mean? Huh. Just pressing the right buttons, like something's like they made the point on that pocket. Why the fuck is Kyle Lowry playing forty minutes a game when you got Corey Joseph backing him up in the regular season? This is why this right. guy's wearing down every every you know playoff run. And right before the playoffs, he gets hurt. You're not one, one of the second. best backup point guards. That guy should be at least you know only playing thirty three minutes. What is that? Is
3: that going? Oh, I forgot about
4: that. I forgot about that. Uh, Bruce Bawn getting up underneath Kobe. That might have been the injury that uh put the mamba out.
3: I'm ready where you are. Oh. You on mute? Are you with me? Sorry about that. It's all good. Uh, I heard most to... of it. <laughs>
4: You ready to go? Yeah. This is With an Ohio Bias, a podcast for real fans with D and Jake. Show 160, Old Wounds. I am D, Cleveland-born and raised, Buckeye-born and bred. And I'm Jake from Youngstown to see Buzz, Let's talk some sports. And, ladies and gentlemen, uh, show 160, uh, We finally get to see the Cleveland Cavaliers pay again. Jake, it feels like we've been waiting 10 years. Um, It's only been 10 days, though. We're going to get into the Cavs-Celtics preview and uh, break that whole situation down, talk about what's going on over in the Western Conference. Uh, We will get to talking about your Cleveland Indians and how the leadoff... Uh, change with Jason Kipnis has ex- finally ignited the bats. It seemed like they hadn't scored a run in 10 days as we were waiting for the Cavs watching the Indians. Um, and then we'll talk about some of the things going on with the Browns. We know the injury bug has hit Berea again. Um, and that's one of those old wounds that we talk about. And then we got some trouble in Columbus too, with the Ohio state basketball program. Uh, and we'll get out of there after that one. Um, Jake, uh, it was some excitement over this weekend though, as we were waiting for the Cavs to play. And, uh, you covered it with a good friend of ours who has launched a podcast on what's an Ohio Bias, and that's Pete Pappas. The Players' Championship definitely delivered. See who Kim wins as the youngest player ever. And you guys had that discussion about the fifth major, and that seems to be the one thing that everybody's discussing coming out of that big event.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, kind of the point was made is what, what is a major? And the majors have evolved over time anyway. So I, to me, it already has the feel of a fifth major. Uh, like Pete says, it has the best field every year, that in the PGA championship. It's for the most prize money. It has the most exemptions attached to it and probably the second most famous course on the PGA tour. Um, maybe Pebble beach is uh, up there ahead of it, but um, I, I really think that it's time to just go ahead and recognize this as a major. You've got, five majors now in both the senior tour and the late in the LPGA. Um, let's make it a bigger event. I mean, there's, it's already a big event, but if you turn that and you give it a major tag and you put it as part of the grand slam, I think it gives it even a little bit more
4: gravitas. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think you're spot on. And I love that part of the conversation and then it's the pin podcast that you can find on within Ohio um, because of that, You know, Hotel 17, I mean, Hotel 17, Hole 17 there, the 17th hole there at TPC Sawgrass. It's so picturesque. I mean, and we even saw Sergio uh, after winning the Masters get, you know, um, won there. And uh, everybody that got up to Ricky Fowler, I mean, it's just, you know, it's a signature hole. But that is what you think about when you think about majors. If you think about Amen Corner with the Masters and, you know, um, you think about, you know, Going down the the old walk past the town, you know, with the open. I mean, you you have that signature there. So, and like you said, with the money and the prestige that comes with winning it, um, it's going to make see who it's going to make see who Kim's career. Yeah, when you're talking about a kid who's 21 years old,
1: he might not even be that old yet, um, and be able to take down one of the top tournaments and, and do it rather convincingly too, as he won by three strokes over uh, Ian Poulter and Louis Oosthuizen. Um, so, yeah, and that's the other part of it, too, is that field, it's just so, such a good field. And that golf course is a tough, tough golf course, and we see it because you look at the leaderboard, all the big players played, and none of them are up there. You've got Kim Poulter, Oosthuizen, uh, Rafa Cabrera-Bio, Kyle Stanley, Brandon Steele, Lucas Glover, and then finally you get to Adam Scott. So, uh, it, it, I think it has
4: all the makings for what a good uh, a good major it, it should have. And uh, Jake, what else do you guys talk about on the pen Seeker podcast? Just give people, you know, the kind of preview of the kind of things you guys get into.
1: Yeah, I mean, we try to take advantage of uh, the vast knowledge of PGA Pete Pappas. Uh, every week or every podcast, we'll be reviewing a, a piece of equipment or. Uh, a company or what, whatever it might be that week, uh, we're going to go inside PGA Pappas's Pro Shop, and he's going to give you the, the rundown on what the best equipment is each week. Uh, we'll also be uh, highlighting some of the up-and-comers on the PGA Tour, talking about them, uh, recapping the previous tournament, uh, previewing the next tournament, which we've got two big ones coming up here. Uh, In a couple weeks, we've got the Memorial, obviously, down here in Columbus, Jack's Tournament, and then that's followed two weeks after by the U.S. Open. Uh, So a lot of great golf stuff, and uh, we try to keep it uh, pretty structured so you get a little bit of
4: a taste of everything. Yeah, you might want to mute the Fox coverage of the U.S. Open and just listen to the podcast uh, in the background. Um, And definitely make sure you're following at PGA Pappas on Twitter and definitely get into pgapappas.blogspot.com because uh, Pete does a lot of giveaways and equipment that he reviews and things like that, so you don't want to miss those opportunities to get some free gear. Um, we got a lot of ways you can listen to this podcast, Jake. uh, Why don't you drop that for people, too?
1: Oh, man, there's all sorts of ways. We're on iTunes, so there's your number one, Apple, everything, Uh, whether that's in your car or on your phone or tablet or whatever. That's one great place to get us. You can also find us on Stitcher. Uh, You can check that out by just searching With an Ohio Bias and uh, listen to us that way. We're uh, on Google Play. Uh, You can always find us on withanohiobias.com. We have our YouTube page. So lots and lots of different ways to – get your with an Ohio
4: bias fix. Absolutely. And uh, we cover all sports here, so you're going to get a little bit of everything from uh, bodybuilding and fitness. We did a great uh, mother's day podcast with the ladies that helped put on the North coast championship. That's coming up in Kent on Memorial day weekend. Uh, We got a great podcast with uh, Jonathan Wells that we uh, just shared. um, And he talked about his time with the Houston Texans. And I think it correlated well with uh, kind of what the young expansion team was going through there and that experience was for him and kind of what the Browns are going through and we're going to get to that you know uh, because we got some old wounds that just keep happening out there in Berea with injuries but uh, definitely a lot of ways to listen to the podcast you can always follow us on Twitter at with an Ohio bias and those links are there for all those different formats that you can follow and uh, Give us a like on Facebook too uh, you just got to you know find us with an Ohio bias If you put it in the old Google machine or you type it on your computer, you will find our podcast and all the great things that we talk about um, but let 's get into this jake one hundred sixty show one hundred sixty old wounds um, it 's appropriately titled this because we know what Kelly Olinnick who might be a dirty player, which is the code word for the NBA playoffs right now um, with everything happening out there. And uh, let's take a a quick glance over to that Western Conference. And uh, we know James Harden kind of evaporated (laughs) with the (laughs) Houston Rockets. Nobody understands what that performance was. But now we got, you know, Draymond Green talking about dirty play, Greg Popovich talking about dirty play. And for us Cavs fans, we know three years ago, what this Celtics, you know, matchup was like and how well Kevin Love was playing then and what Kelly Olynyk did. So um, the dirty, whether or not we got dirty players, whether or not it's physical play, um, it is here in the NBA. And uh, I don't know if it's a figment of our imagination or just something that the NBA is marketing the hell out of with all their television partners. Yeah, I mean, uh, first, James Harden. Uh, I never want
1: to hear the three letters MVP associated with his name ever again. Uh, that is the antithesis of MVP performance, and it's not the first time he's done that in big playoff games, okay? Uh, secondly, as far as the cheapness and the dirty players go, um, you know, I, I think Popovich obviously is going to make those comments trying to get some uh, officio- uh, officiating love here in game two. Uh Zaza, I mean, I guess he closes out dirty. But, I mean, it's an extra half a step, and his ankle was already,
4: already uh, sprained to begin with.
1: I mean, he uh, had rolled that ankle
4: got... already stepping on his own teammates on the sideline. Yeah. And he rolled that ankle five times within three days, yeah. as far as I'm concerned. I heard he rolled it getting a Gatorade, too. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> uh, No,
1: I totally agree with you. I don't know how much of it was – Zaza Petulia running at him and being cheap how he did it, but for sure I can say that in this matchup in the Eastern Conference, you got two guys to look out for here. You got Kelly O and Jay Crowder too. Um, you know that that hasn't been forgotten as well, in how he took out Kevin Love, and uh, maybe cost us a, a world championship. So the, yeah, there's. Uh, I mean, I guess dirty play in the playoffs. I mean, what is it really? Is it trying really hard to get every edge you can get? Or is it just what it is on the surface? Is it just
4: dirty play and we got no room for it? Well, here's the real key and the real problem with this. And it's not even about the players themselves with dirty play. Um, it's about this NBA officiating to me. I mean, if they could, you know – Officiate the game and let players know that you can't close out like that because it has been a rule that has been established. They have been calling it like that all season long. Players wouldn't be playing like that. You know, you don't see players, you know, um, box out three-point shooters anymore. That used to be the way that they would play in the '90s, and that's the way it was taught. You know, even in high school level. You know, a guy's lighting up the shots. You know, you put you put your butt into them. You know what I mean? And you close them out that way, and, and it kind of looks like you're just trying to box them out because you couldn't see them from behind you. But everybody knew what you were really doing, and that's what the co- coach instructed you to do. Uh, When it comes to this, though, Greg Popovich went a little too far with his comments comparing it to manslaughter. I don't know where he's going with that. I can't speak (laughs) to that. Um, But the other problem I got with Draymond Green, who is talking about, you know, who's a dirty player or not. I mean, why he's still the spokesperson. I know why the media asked him questions. So I know because they know they're going to get a quote like this. But even on his podcast, he has an opportunity to actually prepare himself to talk better or to speak uh, more To actually speak speak a little more eloquently to situations like this, because that's what podcasts are for. You can expound on things. Um, I I love the comments that the way Richard Jefferson fired back, talking about you know, well, of course he started a podcast after we started ours, and you know, uh, the guy wants to talk about the Cavs competition when they're basically as with the situation with Kawhi Leonard uh, not getting everybody's best shot because somebody's always injured and it just so happens that Draymond Green is one of those players who's causing some of those injuries sometimes. Um, (laughs) I think the Popovich thing, though, speaking to the the gamemanship that you kind of mentioned, this is also setting up Draymond Green for his own worst nightmare to come come true again with him losing his temper out there and doing something that might be qualified in that way. And then uh, he might not be on the court as we saw last year's finals, which some Golden State Warriors believe that was the reason that the uh, team blew a 3-1 lead. Let me ask you this,
1: Dee, do, do you expect tonight in game two of the Western Conference uh, the Spurs intentionally going after Petulia and Green to try to uh, antagonize them into doing something stupid?
4: I don't think they'll go after them. I think they go after the guys that – I think they go after Steph Curry. I think they make them try to retaliate. That's the way you would do it on the basketball court. So you get physical with Steph, that makes Draymond and Shaja feel like they got to be enforcers. So it's basically baiting them into that type of situation. So it's kind of answering your question, but not that, you know what I mean? They're not going to go directly at him if that makes sense.
1: Uh, right, right idea, wrong guys, I
4: guess. But uh, yeah, yeah, I
1: don't know. This, this whole, it, it's good drama, I guess. It's entertaining. We're just here talking about it. Uh, Draymond Green just running his mouth, doing his thing being cheap, kicking guys in the balls, whatever he needs to do. Um, It's just,
4: I don't know, it's just overblown in my mind. Yeah, and it's just, you know, I think we are a little, uh, I think we've become exasperated with it just because the Cavs haven't been playing. Um, I'll tell you what, it is better drama than whatever this was between the Celtics and the Wizards, that series. I mean, people getting blown out at home. People trying to tell me that it's the greatest uh, thing they've ever seen. I was watching the Indians game Friday night, so I didn't even see the so-called great game in the series. Um, I saw the highlights, and John Wall standing on that table let me know karma. The basketball guys were coming for that guy, so he goes 0 for 9 in the fourth quarter. I mean, in that last stretch of the third quarter and fourth quarter, why he kept shooting threes, I don't understand. Why uh, Scott Brooks doesn't exploit the mismatch that they were using in the first half that kept them in the game even when they were shooting bad. Um, And and going at Isaiah Thomas, I don't understand, uh, makes no sense. So, uh, you know, that whole thing, you know, congrats to the Celtics. But guess what? LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers, the defending NBA champion Cleveland Cavaliers, are coming to Boston because, yeah, you got the one seed in name only.
3: Yeah,
1: I I actually was caught off guard when – Boston clinched the the series the other night and they started to give the promo of game one of the Eastern Conference Finals in Boston. And I did kind of a double take and couldn't figure out why. Oh, yeah, that's right. We didn't really care what seed we are.
4: And it'll be just as much sweeter because they'll be running their mouths thinking they're the best team in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, I'm just ready for Boston tears. I don't care if they sweep them. I've been saying they're going to sweep them because that's what I believe should happen. But if they don't sweep them, there is no way. No way, Boston fans! I don't care if you work for Barstool Sports, wherever you root for, you better get ready for football season and hope the Madden curse doesn't hurt Tom Brady because the Celtics are not getting past the Cleveland Cavaliers. We're going to get into some real uh, key points here, but I just wanted to make that emphatic for anybody that listens to this podcast: Cavs fan, Celtics fan, NBA fan. Um, and speaking of NBA fans, I got to get a shout out to a real good friend, uh, BG. Happy birthday, man! He's a he's a Lakers fan. Um, I know they're. Uh, excited for the NBA draft lottery. If I was a Celtics fan, I'd be more concerned about that than uh, what's about to happen with the Cleveland Cavaliers in that that, uh, uh, series. Right, and it it goes back to
1: a point I've made a couple times, and we see it no – I mean, you mentioned the seven-game series should be awesome, but they weren't. It was a blowout every game. Meanwhile, I got on the other screen, I'm, I'm watching NHL hockey and watching the playoffs, and every game is a one-goal game. Coming down to the last second, you're on the edge of your seat. And I just sit there, and I'm trying to figure out why NBA basketball is so polarizing. And I think I got it. It's, it, it's the individuals in, in basketball. The NBA has done such a great job of marketing it's individual stars more than any other sport has tried to do, and it's something that no other sport does, really. Um, and, and they get it. So now you've got faces. you only got five on the floor from each team, and it becomes those one-on-one matchups a lot more than it actually
4: becomes about the game. It's about what is Russell Westbrook going to do tonight. Well, one of the big things, though, that hurts the NBA product is that the turnover has become close to, like, the NFL and all other sports. I mean, mm-hmm. we saw a rash of firings in the NHL after this playoffs and after the season. Um, I'll tell you this, man. It's, this is just a personal thing with me. I, you know I love the NHL playoffs. I can't get into it this season. And you know why? Because the way the Blue Jackets went out. So this is just, you know, it, no there's no other way around it. Um, I'm kind of rooting for the Preds, but I kind of want to see the Ducks do it too. But I can't really lamb onto another team and, like, focus on it just because I'm still heartbroken over. The way the Blue Jackets got uh, you know dismantled and that whole thing, so but we 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 got plenty of podcasts to talk about that. Um, when it comes to this, the the NBA is just the you know you got Scott Brooks and uh, uh, the Wizards are a perfect example of this. You know Scott Brooks, this is their first season together. Why he doesn't go deeper? You said they didn't have a bench, but at least Kelly Oubre is definitely a player on that bench for them. Bonjanovich got a little bit of minutes, but him tr- not trusting anybody on that bench with Gortat stinking it up. Um, you know down the stretch and Bradley Beal looking definitely gassed but still delivering it it just was a it, it That was just a sad commentary, and I think that's what you kind of see. It was the same thing with D'Antoni and the Rockets. I mean, at game five, the guy doesn't play anybody on their bench after that's what the way they've been playing all season. So I think these coaches, the coaching turnover and then trying to work with the superstars and that ego part of what you're kind of speaking to with the way that they're marketed, and those guys, you know, the players kind of have more power than the coaches uh, when it comes to how the team is going to be dictated and the way the style of play is, um, is definitely a big, that's, I think, where the biggest problem comes with the NBA, and that's where you see the drop-off when it comes to the playoffs, when the games become more about execution and team execution um, and team play. So, uh, But when it comes to this Cavs series, I'm excited with the Cavs-Celtics thing just because everybody's been – we talk about coaching, and this goes to that. Ty Lue knows at least the one player that's left on the Celtics team from the last time um, LeBron James dismantled him, even though he was wearing a different jersey. Um, Avery Bradley to me is the key for the Celtics if they're going to do anything. Kelly Olynyk's not going out for 26 points again. Um, you know the Celtics aren't going to shoot 33s four games in a row and beat the Cavs. It's going to come to Avery Bradley being a difference maker both on the defensive end and on the offensive end, and being that you know third scorer because yeah, they're going to need the bench to score like they did to win against the Cavs, 45 to eight against the Wizards, which that's not going to happen against the Cavs either. But Avery Bradley, but he's a player that Tyron Lue knows real well. And he almost spoke to it in the presser that he did for their media availability today, saying that he knows Ty Lue will have those guys ready to come into a hostile environment in Boston.
1: Yeah, I think we're going to see a lot of Avery Bradley assigned to Kyrie. Um, it, it Bradley's a heck of a defender and you wonder how much that would take away from his offensive side. And, there's another shooting guard that had a huge game in game seven, and that's Marcus Smart. Uh, I, I think he's the, the real, real key to the Celtics' success. Um, I, I know what I'm getting out of the rest of them. I don't know what I'm getting out of him each night. And if he, if they can figure out a way to get Isaiah, Bradley, and Smart on the floor uh, significantly, I, I think that's a, a problem matchup for the Cavs at times. The Cavs are going to have to find a way to stay big. And big enough to keep either Bradley or Smart off from being on
4: the on the floor. Well, I think that speaks to the LeBron James being at that three spot, and they have to keep somebody that can match up with him because then it's just going to be pick and roll, getting LeBron in the post, and also too coming off the bench. I think you get Deron Williams with his post game going if uh, Marcus Smart or you know. Um, Isaiah Thomas is in there because that was the one thing that was effective for the Wizards. They were posting up Bradley Bill on Isaiah Thomas, Otto Porter, and they just went away from that. So I know Ty Lue's not going to do that. And that's the one thing we've seen. He's had a tweak, a little bit, something for each one of these teams that they, you know, going past the Pacers, going past the Raptors, that he's definitely put in for the Cavs. And uh, they've had 10 days to do it. So, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I'm, uh, let me say one other thing about a guy because I haven't mentioned him. You know, Al Horford played great last series. I don't expect that to continue because that's just the Al Horford that has never shown up consistently in the playoffs. I expect him actually to have a pretty good series. I think he's going to have,
1: uh, you know, the ultimate motivation here. Um, he And he played pretty well against Washington, too. Um, I, I don't know how big of a problem he's going to be. Um, can Tristan stay with him on the outside is going to be the big question. I I think the guy on the Cavs team that this matchup is perfect for is Channing Frye, Um, a a guy who can guard out uh, on the perimeter a little bit more, a guy who's kind of mirrored to uh, what Al Horford's skill sets are in smaller doses. So, I mean, the bench is going to play a big, big role in this series, I think. Uh, Boston likes their bench. I, I like our bench. I think the way that we ended up that uh, that last series, that uh, with Channing Frye and D. Will playing well and, um, and just being able to be versatile and give teams many different looks and play the way that you want to play. Uh, I, I
4: think this Cavs team matchup wise,
1: I, I think it's set against the Celtics.
4: Another guy I think is going to have a big series is Kevin Love. You know, he always plays well against the Celtics. He was playing well when he got hurt. And I think this is the series that he's really going to try to assert himself and prove himself, um, you know, yet again to be a part of this, you know, be a big part of the Cavs team. And the, And the one thing about that is the officiating, I brought it up earlier, you know, these Celtics are going to try to lean on the Cavs. And that's what everybody's fears. I'm not going to speak to it, you know, specifically, but we all know what we're afraid of. It's the old wounds, You know what I mean? Literally the old wounds, And that, that's why I think Kevin Love is going to be such a key to this thing. So um, I, I think the Cavs, like, just like the logo that they just announced that they'll be putting on the jersey, the Goodyear logo, I think they're going to be more driven than the Celtics because um, that's why I feel good about the sweep. And I think they're going to be trying just to get back to that NBA Finals to defend the land. Yeah, another guy with extra motivation here in this
1: series is for sure Kevin Love, and I I expect him to completely ball out. I think
4: he's going to have his best series that he's ever had in Cavalier uniform here. All right, ladies and gentlemen, get ready. I am coming for these Celtics fans on Twitter. I usually try to be a little, you know, judicious and uh, you know, try to enjoy the sportsmanship of it all, but it, you know, I can't take it. I've suffered through 10 days and listening to these Celtics fans act like they've actually accomplished something. I'm looking at people partying on the streets like they've, you know, actually won something. And this is from a town that had 17 championships with their basketball team. We know what the Patriots have done being the Super Bowl champions this year. You would think they'd act like they literally Literally could act like they've been there before. But Sully, you know, all the guys out there with the mustaches and whatnot, you know, I'm coming for you. I'm coming for y'all. I'm telling you that right now. This is going to be brutal. You know what I'm saying? I am taking the gloves off. We're going to bloody some noses and talk some trash about this racist town up in Beantown. D is coming for you, Sully. Get ready. As always, go cast Defend the Land. Um, Jake, uh, i got to give a big shout-out to Jason Lawhead. He was here in Cleveland with Orny Adams, man. Great comedy show, and uh, this correlates because the guy did some great jokes about the local sports teams and whatnot, but he is a huge Tribe fan, and we talk about these Cleveland Indians, man. This guy was going nuts on Facebook about <laughs> getting Carlos Santana out of that leadoff spot, and uh, it definitely showed and proved. Tito made the change Sunday, and uh, the bats heated up, man, and it was great to see Kipnis dead center to start that game and then another bomb in that game, and it just, I mean, all, uh, you know, all the guys that have been starting to get going. If it's Yanimal, Um it's great to see uh, the legend of Lonnie Baseball doing his thing. You know, just submitting his status as a uh, contributor to the Baseball Hall of Fame and Cooperstown. I mean, I'm, I'm really enjoying the way the tribe have finally got the offense going. It was weird when Kipnis came back into that sixth hole, and it, I don't know if this is
1: possible, but it was almost like he was pressing because he knew he didn't have to press. I don't know if that makes any sense, but it was like yeah, yeah. he just didn't he didn't feel comfortable, I don't think, in that sixth hole. He didn't know how to hit, and he felt like, you know, if I'm here, then I don't have any pressure and all, all that sort of stuff. And I think when he went to the number one hole, I think he just let a huge sigh of relief and was like, this is where I, where I need to be. This is what I need to do. This is what I know how to do. And uh, I think it's just gained a lot of confidence, and uh, it seems to be a, a good mix of the lineup right now.
4: Yeah, we talk about old wounds. Um, This one hits hard with the Indians, too, because we see the injury bug coming up. You know, nothing significant. You know, we know that Corey Kluber's working his way, literally working his way back. Um, He's starting to pitch again, so that's good news. Um, We know Cookie Carrasco left that game um, last night. We were a little worried about that. And uh, he he, but he's gonna you know just skip to skip a couple, and then he'll be back. He just had a sore pectoral. Um, but then we saw Abraham Almonte, who might want to take it easy in the gym, um, and let that bicep heal. Um, but this creates a, t- a time for us, Jake, to rip that scab off and see what we got with the big six four kid, Bradley Zimmer.
1: Yeah, I'm uh, looking forward to it. We, uh, we were wondering earlier in the year if we would see him before the All-Star break due to, like, the arbitration stuff and being able to have his rights for an extra year and all that thing. But I, I think this is the move that shores up this lineup. Uh, he's – I mean, he does it all. He's a five-tool type player. Uh, I think he was hitting about 290 in Columbus, had uh, probably five home runs, nine stolen bases, uh, hit for average, hit for uh, can has speed, has an arm, plays center field, is a big guy. He's gonna uh, grow more as well. So I, I think this is kind of the Jim Tomy, Manny Ramirez of '95. That young guy that's gonna go on to have a great, great career. And I think that's what we're gonna see out of Bradley
4: Zimmer. Well, hopefully he doesn't have to take enough trips up and down like Jim Tomey did when he started out. Uh, people forget that part. But nevertheless, um, you know, we got too many statues and Jim Tomey uh, celebrations going on. I think the Indians just scheduled another one. But when I think about this team also too, man, uh, we think about this pitching. Trevor Bauer actually had a good outing. And I think that early run support, I think you've finally seen him. Well, not physically seeing him because every time the guy pitches, he looks like he's constipated out there. Um, if the guy could just let a little bit of joy out, I think that would be helpful for me. Um, But I think it was good for him to pitch well, get a win, and definitely the Indians need him now to, you know, step up and show what he has. Um, He can literally be the saving grace and also for himself, but also for the team, why these, uh, you know, other guys are moving in and out of the lineup. Um, We saw, you know, Goody come up and things like that. But uh, the, the Indians need to lean on him now, and he needs to step up.
1: Yeah, I mean, we've been talking about it every year he's been here, how much talent he has and if he could just put it together. And I, I feel like over these last couple of years, he's really starting to learn that, learning how to pitch and, and use his stuff effectively. Um, and then you had a nice outing by Mike Clevenger, too, uh, another guy that you can rely on if you need to. Uh, Danny Salazar is the one that's making me a little bit concerned. Uh, hasn't been the same since the injury last year. And already tonight, he's had like three balls land in Lake Erie. It's not been a good situation at all with him this year. Um, it, and it doesn't look like it's velocity or anything. I, I just can't figure it out. And I hope to God that uh, our pitching coach is able to figure something out here with him, uh, or if it's an injury, get him some rest and get him back and right. But we need Danny Salazar to be that guy, uh,
4: that third that third ace almost yeah he's got to step up too, um but i think it's one of these things that's going to be a long long situation uh that we're going to have to watch play out and it's going to be some uh it's going to be like the new uh the new roller coaster out at cedar point man it's going to be some it's going to be some peaks and valleys we're going to go up and down um and hopefully he finds it you know at the right time as we get to august and stuff like that um with this season um another guy that we're hoping that finds it um is edward Encarnacion. and i i posed this question cuz i saw it out there you know, there's still a party at Napoli going on, but it ain't in Cleveland anymore. It's down in Texas. Um, you know, did the Indians make the right move here, or is it too, is it too early to have buyer's remorse?
1: For me, it's
4: too early. Um, you know, I, I think anytime
1: time you're the big free agent piece that's going to sit in the middle of the lineup, you've got a lot of pressure on your shoulders. And we were talking a little bit off beforehand that, You know, as a power hitter, I I feel like it's even tougher to get out of a slump because what your expectation is is to hit home runs and drive in runs. And it's hard to hit home runs, especially when you're trying to hit home runs, and even more so when you're trying to hit seven-run home runs. Um, This guy just needs to relax. Uh, I like the fact that they moved him down out of the four hole. Um, They may even want to think about moving him to the six hole and then uh, Ramirez jump him. Uh, He just needs to get back to basic fundamentals of hitting. If the pitch is outside, be happy with slapping it to right field for a base hit. You know, just basic, basic stuff until he can get some confidence built up. And then all of a sudden the home runs come, and you're not trying to hit the home runs. So I'm not panicking with Encarnacion. I think he'll be fine. Uh, I just think he's, like I said, trying to hit seven run home runs at this point.
4: Yeah, I don't like the visual uh, frustration that he shows. I think he's got to, you know, uh, find an outlet or, like, bottle that up, not worry about, you know, showcasing the parrot and all that kind of those antics, not worry about the attendance bonuses. Actually, the people are showing up, so he's actually going to get that cash, it looks like. But, you know, what I'm saying? uh I think he, like he's got to find the fun part of baseball, and he's got the teammates to do it. So I think he just has to – I think he's got to, the one thing about Napoli, and, you know, you heard Tito speak to this a lot, and, you know, I'm not saying that the Indians made a mistake or anything like that, but they needed that kind of guy in the clubhouse. Even though he was struggling, he still, you know, was in good spirits. And I think that's the part that Encarnacion's got to find. He's got to find his way with this team so he can settle down and, and that his energy will then, you know, allow him to play looser. If that makes sense, Um, you know, sometimes things aren't everything about, you know, what's happening on the field. You know, he's got to get the mental side of it, too, because I think that's the real frustration because it's just so demonstrative in the way that he, you know, ends up with some of these, you know, at bats. um, And you see him, you know, kind of leave that (laughs) that dark cloud over the plate, even when he walks away. Yeah.
1: And, you know, I mean, we all love Mike Napoli, but he's on the back end of his career. He was fading in the second half. In the playoffs, he couldn't hit a pitch for to save his life, and we even see it this year. I mean, he's hitting 165 in Texas right now. Yeah, he's hit seven home runs, but he, we're better off with
4: Encarnacion, where he's at in his career and what he can bring us for the next couple. And that's the one thing we made the point all the time on this podcast. The one thing I wish he could do is go back and listen to the Tony Gwynn tribute uh, with that sound of Ted Williams and Tony Gwynn talking. Maybe that would lift that guy's spirits, and he'd come out dropping bombs, you know, for those two big, those big two, those, <laughs> those two big sluggers. Um, but um, the one thing is, he's still a scary guy in that lineup, no matter where you put him at. So yeah. at least the the, the pitcher's got to you know make sure that he knows where he is that day, and you know prepare for him. So um, because when it, when he does. Like, the other guys are coming out of the slumps, and it's great to see, you know, especially like Yanimal. When he does come out of that slump, we know that he's definitely going to be hitting the cover off the ball. So um, I'm not worried about it, but it's just one of those questions that I saw out there um, and uh, on Indians Twitter and hearing around. And the other one that uh, I know Indians Twitter is excited about, Michael Martinez was designated for assignment. So I don't know who these guys are going to hate in the Indians uniform now. I, I don't know either. I liked Michael Martinez, to
1: be honest with you. I thought he brought a nice speed option off the bench, but yeah, whatever.
4: All right. As always, Roll Tribe uh, definitely rally together and uh, definitely going to be getting out to the ballpark to get this uh, Indians experience up close and personal. Um, Jake, we uh, got to talk about the Cleveland Browns. And, uh, you know, sometimes really? you can have, <laughs> well, we got to talk about it because, you know, um, as people pursue their careers, Sometimes they make some mistakes and uh, this is not even browns related but I don't even like the way that browns handled it um you know, I'm not the biggest fan of Jabril Peppers, but I wouldn't go as far as to slander the guy and say he's <laughs> on drugs. I mean, he had a diluted sample. I mean, like that could have came from anything. I didn't even go to that part of it. I spoke to, you know, just him being maybe overutilized too much in different positions, and maybe that wore him down a little bit because he couldn't play at the bowl game, and then he was hiding during the bowl game. That's what I spoke to, but – I mean, it's unfair for anybody. I don't care you know what, I'm saying, what your credentials are, but to be on the flagship radio station or one of the flagship radio stations for the Cleveland Browns and call this guy basically a uh, uh, on the lean and a drug addict, you know what I'm saying, is irresponsible and ir- 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 irreprehensible, irreprehensible, irreprehensible. That's a tough one.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, I, I I don't know, maybe I'm I am getting pretty old. I had to look I had no idea what the lean was. I had to figure
4: out Well, you're very familiar it with it. It's Marcus Russell. At that time the the name for it was the purple drink as everybody was yeah, enamored with saying. Right, and I guess that's
1: what I remember it as. I didn't know there was a new name for it, but uh regardless, yeah, I mean, what are you doing? You know, I mean, even if it's true, you're still – it's word against word, and you're not coming off looking great uh, trying to bring down the first-round draft pick of the Cleveland Browns. And if I'm the Cleveland Browns, I can't be happy about what's going on over at 850 uh, with uh, with their situation. Uh, you know, I, I just – I hope none of it's true, obviously. Um, I'm sure that they did their vetting, but then again, we thought they probably vetted Josh Gordon. Um I don't know. It's it's just a, a bad situation all around. Uh, for um, It's a bad situation for 850, in the, mostly, and it's not a good situation for Jabril Peppers because it puts them on the radar of a lot of people now, and you start off with a slate that's already shorter than everybody else, and some of that's his own doing with the diluted sample, but if the diluted sample was for the reasons that they gave
4: us, I don't know if that should. Yeah, there's a lot of guys starting off with bad footing. I mean, if it's Reuben Foster, if it's, you know, Caleb Brantley, I mean, you know, that, that's the here nor there. My, my problem with it is, is what are you doing at 850? I mean, even if you make that statement, don't double down on it or quadruple down on it four times in the same segment. You know, like, that's what I didn't understand about the whole thing, so – uh definitely doesn't make any sense and uh you know it, it it with with the Browns, I don't understand how they're still a, a a partner with anything with them. Um you definitely have to do more than what they did if it was me. Um because you just can't have that kind of uh you can't have that you just can't have people torpedoing people, you know what I mean, with no evidence whatsoever. You know what I'm saying? Well, based on hearsay. I mean, this still is America, no matter, you know, who's the president. And you're still <laughs> supposed to be innocent until proven guilty. So I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, we talk about old wounds, too. Uh, I mean, sadly, that's an old wound where we know ESPN 850, they've done this in the past, yet again, with similar parties involved. Um, the one thing that sucks is we got another injury even before the season starts. And this was a guy that, you know, I wasn't big on when they drafted him, but the guy had won me over. And we kind of talked about that on the post Brown's draft press conference conference, post Brown's draft podcast. Um, Howard Wilson, you know, tears his kneecap. We know the injury. You can definitely come back for it. We saw Kyrie Irving do that, but uh, it's going to take some time. He might not play at all this season, might come back at the end of the season. Um, But he just had an infectious passion for football. And, uh, You know, this was one of the concerns about him coming out of Houston because he had missed a season in his junior year, but I hate to see that injury bug hit him.
1: Yeah, and, you know, a guy that they drafted fairly high for the risks involved as well with his injury history, Um, and a guy that you pretty much counted on to be in there, uh, whether that was a nickel or a dime package, um, and maybe even pushing for a starting spot this year. And, you know, it's definitely pretty serious when you're talking about broken kneecaps. Um, And uh, hopefully he can come back and be the player that he was previously. Uh, We did see the Browns bring in uh, Jason McCourty uh, on a two-year deal. Uh, He played for Tennessee, I think last year. And uh, so I'm guessing that's going to be Wilson's replacement for this season anyway, and they've got him for two in case
4: yeah and we're we're gonna be doing a lot more brown stock here as we get into the off season um but one other note you mentioned his name well one thing on peppers I don't understand there's a lot of things that I just don't understand. I don't understand everybody was celebrating this guy signing uh the prep- the prep i don't know why I can't speak today the um participation agreement for the browns, so he could you know do a little rookie mini camp that has to be one of the dumbest decisions I've ever heard of um you don't sign anything until you sign your contract to play. And because of what happened with Howard Wilson is a perfect example of why you don't do that. You know what I'm saying? So, um, but I mean, hey, you got to love Jabril's, Pepper's passion. I hate to think that maybe the situation we talked about with the drama from 850 might have felt some pressure on him to do that. I hope that's not the case with him.
1: Yeah, I it's weird that they have those participation agreements where they basically say, if you get hurt, it's not our fault. Um, and we just drafted you and we're making you do this. So yeah, I, I don't get that, how that works either. Um, but, you know, I mean, it's something that everybody seems to sign and it was a big deal because Jabril didn't sign, but I, I'm kind of with you. I, I, I mean, you're, you're making millions of dollars off of me, you know, maybe not me particularly, but uh, as the team and, you know, I got to look out for my phony,
4: baloney job too. <laughs>
1: uh,
4: one thing you mentioned his name, so we might as well get it out there. That news came out during in between our podcast. Um, Josh Gordon not reinstated by the NFL. Jake, um, are you? Did, did, did you have to put more wax on the candle, or is it still burning down there for uh, uh, Big JG man, Flash Gordon? I mean, it's stupid at this point. Just reinstate the
1: guy. I mean. It, 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 I don't know what the witch hunt is uh, on Josh Gordon. I I feel like he's not the only one smoking weed in the NFL and he's the one who has been paying the ultimate price for it the entire time. So, I mean, every time I look at the guy, he's ripped, he's working out, he's in shape. So who really gives a shit if he's smoking weed on his own time? If if he can make the team and it's not affecting them at the workplace, I, I just feel like it's, I, I don't know what it
4: is. It's stupid is what it is. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you enjoyed that Josh Gordon segment of the podcast. You will not hear that for the next six months till Josh Gordon is eligible for reinstatement again. So I don't want to, you know what I'm saying? We'll be putting the moratorium back on number 12. Um, the miles bring in some draft. <laughs> say it again. Free Josh Gordon. Um, I, I think we, had a great interview with Johnson Wells, Jake, um, and he talked about his actual, you know, career that when he played for more than a year unlike Josh Gordon, uh, but he talked about having the support, you know, if we talk about the real preppers and things like that of the coaches and whatnot, and uh, I I think that young team, you know, playing with David Carr down there, that, that expansion role and, you know, how that team was, you know, dealing with all that, getting embraced by the city, but some of the struggles he had, just, you know, proving himself to those coaches and um, finding a way, I just thought that was a fascinating uh, podcast that we were able to get some brutal honesty about what it's like to be in the NFL. Yeah, he, Jonathan definitely
1: doesn't pull any punches. Um, he gave it to us straight, how some he did some stuff that he regretted doing in the process of it, um, and just how it is, you know, with an expansion team. What a, It's just so different from what most rookies' experiences are unless you get drafted by the Browns, because we've been expanding since 99. Um, but, you know, for the most part, it's something that's very unique and how the leadership stru- structure is and all that stuff that goes into it. So, um, and, and then also the the egos and playing the game of, of favorites at times uh, with coaching staff and, uh, and the like even with dealing
4: with coaches at, at the senior bowl. And so if you want to hear some uh, uh, Mike Holmgren getting it wrong yet again, you definitely want to listen to that podcast, Browns fans. Uh, so as always, go Browns. We bark forever. Definitely check that podcast out on Uh Jake, uh, we got to talk about the Ohio State basketball program briefly. Jaquan Lyle, um, uh, I guess quit – the basketball program in April, which was not covered. I don't know what Tim May and the guys at the dispatch are doing, but thanks a lot for that. Uh, Nevertheless, um, he had some issues. He got arrested for uh, a number of um, issues that might involve some substances um, in Indiana. Um, Clearly, he's got some things going on, but my problem is not with Jaquan Lyle and whatever reason he decided to leave the Ohio State basketball program. It lies at the feet of Sad Mata and I am tired of this basketball program being an embarrassment, a joke, and not even being able to be competitive within a Big Ten college basketball, damn near AAU level in the state of Ohio and in this country. And I will cede my time to the gentleman from Cleveland. I just know, like at this point, Jake. I know you always say we're the, that Ohio State's a football school, things of that nature. But why can't Ohio State just be a decent basketball program? That's all I'm asking for. I just want to see, you know, maybe some Ohio kids get a chance to develop themselves and actually play, or kids from other places. I don't know, but you know, maybe not not be able to get invited to the NIT, I would have been happy to see the Buckeyes play in the NIT. I know I'm one of these hardcore college, you know, hoop fans that, you know, maybe, but I mean, this is not just me, you know, the people that live in Columbus, um, Jake, I think you could get in there for the price of a hot dog last season to get a ticket and sit courtside. So, I mean, you know, even the, the were, blue hairs that are diehards aren't even showing up anymore.
1: No, they were paying students, I think, to come this year at some points. No, in all seriousness. Um, Yeah, I I mean, I think we're getting to a point now where it's gone beyond just a stale program. Now it's to the point where we've got issues and a lot of issues with guys you're bringing in, and the guys that you're bringing in uh, aren't panning out, and as a matter of fact, they're transferring or getting arrested or leaving or whatever they may be getting. So uh, I'm starting to come around a little bit and think it's maybe time to move on from that. And, you know, there's another guy, Speaking of that, you know, you talk about the recruits that leave it, that are leaving Ohio, and you got LeBron James who has who shows up at the football games, uh, has a locker at Ohio State, and all this sort of stuff. But I, I really feel like I, I don't know if it's the, a thing where that doesn't want to ask him for more. But you know, if I were running that program, I, I'd see what I could get out of LeBron James to
4: help me uh, get my program out front and center. Well, LeBron James is busy right now, so I I, I wanted him to stay focused on what he's got to do. And he can't even get a call in because he's on zero dark 30. But there's another (laughs) professional basketball player that actually – play for the Ohio state university led them to greatness. The last time he's there and his good friend who was his teammate is currently on the coaching staff. And that's one Mike Conley jr. And I think he's the guy that bad modern needs to reach out to and bring into the fold and help build this program. And damn there, if I was Gene Smith, if, if Gene Smith had, you know, maybe a good thought in his head, unlike, uh, him and Jim Delaney, who just probably tiddly winks with gold bars. Um, I would say, hey, you know what, Mike Connolly, whatever you need to do, I want you, your father, that whole group to be a part of what Ohio State basketball is because you're an alumnus, you were the last great player to come through here, you've proven yourself in the NBA by getting the richest contract currently right now, um, by getting the richest contract currently right now. and. I know that he can't walk away from the Memphis Grizzlies right now. God forbid the injuries, you know, which seems to always dog him um, because he plays too many minutes. But that's a whole other thing um, for the coach down there. But Fisdale worked that out. He, he knows the data. Um, I really think Mike Conley Jr. can be what you're asking about or what you, you've been speaking to that LeBron James can uh, do for this program.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, anybody that I think that you could bring in there to show. I mean, what do these kids want these days? They want to go play in the NBA. So if you're bringing in guys that you could say, okay, I play in the NBA, here's how you're going to get
4: there. Stick with us. I got the you know, richest know contract doing. in the NBA. How about right. that guy shows up? Yeah, so, <laughs> I mean,
1: so, I mean, that's what Urban taps into. Yeah.
4: You know, he's
1: got all these guys that play football, in the NFL are making big bucks. And. You know, he sells them on, I know how to get you there. So I feel like dad doesn't get that part of it at times and doesn't know what these kids really, really are looking for. And it's I hate to say it, but it's not enough sometimes just to say you're getting to go to Ohio State or you're getting to go to Duke. Uh, These these high-profile athletes, they've got a lot more in mind than playing that one season at your university.
4: Yeah, and I don't want to speak out of school. I think the relationship has to be good because I know he comes back. Um, I know there's been some preseason games that the, they've had and things like that. Um, I know Evan Turner comes back. That's another guy. But you like what? This speaks to the ineptitude of that motto for not using these relationships of the guys he actually recruited and actually had success with at Ohio State. So that becomes another thing where it doesn't make sense to me. Why is he not? Why? So I mean, like the LeBron James thing is more to me of a corporate marriage um just because it's good for the brands and whatnot but this is basketball 101 these guys went there played for you why are you not using them as a greater asset to help keep this program from where it is right now and that's rock bottom the ohio state basketball program is rock bottom it is literally the dumpster fire gift on twitter
1: yeah i agree it's starting to come around i think it's about time and unfortunately i don't think it can happen this year but We're gonna have to suffer through one more season and I don't know, maybe the Celtics miss the playoffs and fired Brad Stevens or something next
4: year. (laughs) Well, LeBron James can help us in that way, so definitely we'll be pulling for that. Um as always go Bucks. I mean it just it it was disheartening. Um and, and honestly, I hope Jaquan Lyle, um his past whatever he's going through right now and you know uh can find a way to be productive i mean we've seen it and shout out to cardale jones man who graduated uh those pictures were great even the thing he wrote on there and he wrote the old tweet on there um some guys didn't come to play school but uh you can always turn your life around and uh sometimes you just got to find it it takes time so um shout out to jake wala i hope everything works out but uh that might have needs to go um jake uh we, we closed this podcast. Those are some old wounds. That's definitely one that I've been uh, dealing with for the last three <laughs> seasons here watching this Ohio State program, you know, go down to pooper. pooper. Um, but uh, definitely <laughs> definitely excited about this Cavs Celtics season. I mean, just de- excited to see Cavs basketball again. Let's just be honest, man. Um, and definitely excited to get past this old wound with this clown, Kelly Olenek. That's a, He Absolutely. I mean,
1: it was getting depressing there between uh, the Browns and uh, the Buckeye basketball program. Good to remember that we've got the world champions of the world to watch here starting Wednesday as they take down the Celtics on their way to defending and being the
4: back-to-back world champions of the world. Will they be world champions of the world? No. Uh, (laughs) Jake, uh, you guys got a lot going on on this scoringair.com. What's coming up this week?
3: I think you're on mute. Sorry, I had another call coming through there. I didn't want it to beep through. Oh, you're all good. Yeah, another uh, big week at
1: scoreonair.com. Uh, lots of different programming for lots of different tastes, from our Columbus Crew Soccer Show to, uh, to Heal and Face Wrestling, Tyson's Punch-Out, where he covers some boxing and MMA um, with an Ohio Bias live. Uh, There's a lot going on, and there's a lot of different programming for different tastes uh, on on scoreonair.com, as we've got a new one going off every couple hours. So check
4: it out, scoreonair.com, the new generation of Sports Talk Radio, score. Yeah, definitely. Speaking of MMA, it gets no bigger than uh, talking about the Cavs and championships and Steve Miocic. Um, first round knockout of Junior Dos Santos, establishing himself as one of the greats in MMA, in the UFC lore, and at the heavyweight weight class, um, defends the title in spectacular fashion, even with a, a little bit of an injured leg, but came through, showed his medal, and can't be happier for Stepe Miocic, and is keeping, and still, UFC heavyweight champion. Ended the curse. Ended the drought. Absolutely, absolutely. So definitely love you, Bay, man, and keep repping Cleveland and get that remodeling done in that kitchen, man. I know that was important to you. Uh, uh, We want to thank everybody for listening. We appreciate every tweet, every favorite, every like and share. Anyone and everyone who listens to this podcast, uh, you know you can always please share, like, and follow uh, this podcast on Stitcher, on iTunes on Google Play, anywhere that podcasts are available, you'll find us. Um, we actually might even be making a jump to Spotify here shortly. Um, so uh, we're getting this podcast out to you in every avenue possible so you can hear uh, these hot takes now. So you can hear us talk about the passion that we have and uh, of, our, our, of our sports teams that fuels our fandom. Um, We say a special salute to the medical professionals, doctors, nurses, caregivers, anyone who eases the pain of those in pain. Um, A special thank you to all the teachers, police and fire, firefighters, uh, first responders, and we have a... We uh, have our thoughts and prayers always with our troops in service, and uh, a special thank you to those veterans who have returned and continue their service. Um, special prayer to those that we might have lost and those that are missing in action. This is With an Ohio Bias, a podcast for real fans with Dean Jake, and we will talk at you next time. Jesus Christ. I got I, I got to cut that part a little bit now. High State, I get too fired up, man. Yeah, you know I'm saying. That, <laughs> okay. that, I mean, the the LeBron James thing made me think about it. Rod said, you know, why not? He, this guy went too far. It's like Mike Conley should coach the team, but I think the guy should definitely be better, <laughs> big, bigger involved. And I think he it just makes more sense. He was a that amount of guy. You know what I mean? Like, right. And once, like you sure. kept saying the LeBron James thing, it just didn't fit because it's like LeBron. It like it, it becomes too corporate to me, so it looks disingenuous because um, the guy didn't even go there. I mean, I know he loves the program, and it, it feels good as an Ohioan. Don't get me wrong, but, you know what I mean? The Mike Conley thing right. makes more sense. Yeah. Plus, I mean, I, I don't even care about NCAA violations. I mean, get his dad involved, picking the talent, let those guys become, you know, clients of Mike Conley Sr. as they get out. Who cares, man? Just get this program, hit it in the right direction. So, <laughs> I don't know. Yes, but I digress. All right. All right, man. Good stuff, man. Um, I'm right. trying to set up an interview for Thursday. I don't know. The guy hasn't gotten back to me, but um, you would actually like this dude. He's a bodybuilder, but uh, he's going to all 32 stadiums um, right now, um, all baseball stadiums. So I thought you'd like that. Um, and he's just a huge. On Thursday? Just a, he, yeah, Thursday. I don't have a time set, so it might get pushed to the weekend, honestly. So, which I know is okay. better for you. So, um, which well, I will try gonna, to do. Based on his I'm ability. getting a tooth
1: pulled at three o'clock on t- on Thursday. Okay, so I won't be able to do it uh, probably any time after two. Okay, on right. Tuesday,
4: Thursday, Thursday.
1: mean, you know, on Thursday.
4: Yeah, yeah, I got you. All right, all right. Yeah, I'm gonna try to push it to the weekend now, just because I haven't heard anything back from him. So, um, but okay. he's a real good, real good follow on social media and stuff like that. Um, interesting dude. So, and he he just he loves all sports. So that's also a good thing. So, cool. Text me his handle. I'll check. I'll follow.